Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. It is our summer update number two. I am Mike Hancock, along with Kyle Davis. It's time to chat about the offseason and what's been going on. And it has been a very busy one, of course. Free agency well underway. There have been some big trades in the National Lacrosse League. And, of course, there was a very big trade when it comes to the Toronto Rock. And that was the acquisition of Adam Jones. We're happy to say that we're going to have Adam Jones on the podcast today, as well as Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick. So uh, we'll welcome Kyle into the program now. And uh, this trade, something that on our last podcast, our last summer update, in our buying or selling segment, we did pose the question, are you buying or selling that the Toronto Rock would acquire a premier lefty? You did, in fact, say that you were buying it. You thought that this was going to happen, and uh, here we are today. Adam Jones is a member of the Toronto Rock. Yeah, crazy, eh? It's it's, it's almost like I was in the meetings or something, but uh, <laughs> I can confirm I was not. That is definitely not true, but uh, in all seriousness, huge pickup. Um, you know, can't say enough. Adam's record speaks for itself. I think last year the success the team had maybe played we didn't really know what we had last year what we were coming into and the emergence of the rookies and you know you, you throw in a healthy Rob Hellier this year you know Tommy Schreiber Kieran McCardo coming out of nowhere from the states um, a lot of things kind of went, went well overall and, and the team obviously going to you know the eastern finals allowed for I'm not going to say a, a change in the plan, but you know, said we maybe do have something here, and let's let's go add to it um, when we can. Obviously, the off season's goal is to you know to make your team better. That is, I've I've said it here before. I think that's when majority of you know shuffling and, and moving and adding and subtracting happens. It's a little tougher in season, but uh, you can't deny uh, at all that the Rock got a got a real beauty here in Adam Jones and. The, I mean, I know myself personally, I'm looking real forward to, to seeing him down at the Air Canada Centre. I'm sure all the fans are as well. We will talk a little bit more as well about some of these other trades that have gone on because I think in some respects there are still going to be further ripple effects leading into the draft, which we can also talk about uh, at some point here on the show. But um, the, the Jones trade, like... There have been, like we mentioned here, there there are a lot of a lot of pieces to the puzzle here now, and it, it we've almost gone from a situation where there was some retirements, there were some aging veterans here, some guys that that left, some guys that got put into different roles. We've had Casey Barons retire, and now now you've got new problems. You've got you know first world problems here when it comes to lacrosse. You've got you do have too many people at the dance here. Um, it is going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out because we've got, you know, potential expansion. Still hasn't been announced yet, but, you know, um, still tons of chatter that there could be expansion as early as the 18-19 season. Um, it, it, it's a good problem to have, but how do you... Are you of the thought that, you know, you're preparing for expansion here this year or that you're just business as usual trying to win? How do you... How do you play all the cards that kind of are in the hands of Jamie Dowick and Matt Sawyer right now? I mean, it's it's a tough tough position to be in. Obviously, what I think the competitiveness in, in anyone, whether you know player, coach, GM, you're looking. It's hard not to look at the now, especially with with a team that that's assembled here. And you know, why not? Why can't they? get back to the Eastern final like they, they played Georgia tough all year I know they went down to 
you know, two games in, in the playoffs there, but they split in the season, and both those playoff games were tight as well. So, you know, you add Adam Jones, your your rookies are another year seasoned, I guess you could say. You get Robbie back in the mix, and you, you have another great year from Rosie. There's no reason why, I, at least I think, that the Toronto Rock aren't going to be in the mix again this year when it comes down to it. So it's tough not to, I mean, think that way right now, but in the back of the head, I think you've got to have a, a subconscious, you know, thought about expansion and from, from my understanding, though, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to shake out. Toronto could can only lose, what, one or two players max? Depending Is on the it? number of teams, <clears throat> pardon me, depending on the number of teams that come in would dictate the number of players yeah. that would be lost or expansion. So, I mean, and like, I don't know how, how exactly or what, what the talks are in the meetings or whatnot, but uh, there's going to be limitations on that, I'm sure, with rookies, vets, and, and whatnot. But if I, I, I think... You know, you make the Adam Jones trade. You got, like I said, you got Robbie back. This team is is in a good spot to, to make a run here. And you know, you saw Saskatchewan get dethroned this year by by a younger Georgia team, I guess you could say. And I, I think Toronto's right there with that younger Georgia team in terms of age, skill, and you know, wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but if you know George bring back the same team, they're there again. And like I said, I don't see Toronto. Obviously, it's going to be a battle of grind, but I think they have the potential to, to get right back to where they were last year with uh, with the current roster. And, I mean, it's tough not to, to think that way, I guess, for, from my perspective, at least. Maybe that's a player mentality coming out. I don't know. We've got a lot to talk about on the show. We're going to uh, skip right ahead to our studio guests here. We've got a lot that we're going to dive into on the back half of the show here. So without any further ado, we're going to take a short break here, and then we are going to welcome in studio with us for the first time on Toronto Rock Total Access, the one and only newly acquired Adam Jones. Stay with us. Jonesy will be with us right after this. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis, and we now welcome in studio with us the newest member of the Toronto Rock, Adam Jones. Jonesy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Well, let's jump right into things. Uh, obviously, uh, being traded in the National Lacrosse League, uh, not the first time this has happened. Uh, second time in basically a year for you. Um, what was the reaction, I guess, this time around, and, and was this something that you thought was coming down the pipe? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was uh, a little caught off guard, but you know pumped and now I'm finally part of the Toronto Rock I know growing up here I was always down here every other weekend to watch games and um really glad to be here really glad to be a part of the team that I grew up cheering for and uh, I used to be a Colin Doyle fan now he lives a couple blocks from my house in Owen Sound <laughs> so um so it's good and um you know myself and my family and wife are extremely excited now they get to come and support me and friends get to come down and um and I know a majority of the team and, and Matt coached me in, in juniors. So it's uh, kind of feels like a homecoming in a way with my Orangeville ties. So it's, uh, it's nice. I'm excited. Well, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, Owen Sound, your family, the excitement level there, probably back home. And I think Kyle can probably attest to this working uh, in the ticketing department here at the Toronto Rock that, uh, you know, there, there's a legitimate buzz here. Um, you know, when you were coming in as an opposing player, and now you know we're we're I think all pretty excited too on the the ticketing side that you know like you've got 
you've got a legitimate, pretty strong following back home and a loyal fan base. So maybe just talk even a little bit more just about what that means in the Owen Sound community and how, you know, you're really a part of things. Up yeah, there. it's, uh, you know, there's only a couple lacrosse players or a few that make the NLL and get a chance to play on an NLL team. And, um, you know, obviously Robbie Hillier grew up playing in Owen Sound too. So, um, you know, there's they're excited. Um, all my family have always been super supportive, and now that they get a chance to actually come and feel a part of the team, you know, come to the games. Um, even my colleagues, I was into work yesterday, and they're all asking me, how do I get season tickets? How do I yeah. get to come watch? And um, They call Kyle Davis. That's yeah, how they that's get exactly what tickets. they do. <laughs> and then, uh, and yeah, and like, you know, I always go to the senior B games where yeah. all the people from Owen Sound, that's their team that they like to watch near the end of the season. So I see all the people from Owen Sound, friends yeah. and family, and, um, you know, now that I'm in Toronto, they're all excited to come and get some tickets and come watch. And obviously uh, the traveling is going to be awesome as well. So it's good. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, your ties with Coach Maddie, you know, Rosie playing junior, Damon as well. Um, can you just touch base? Has Maddie reached out to you, you know, since the trade there, when that happened? Uh, the players reach out to you. you know, like I know being in the office, talking to a couple guys, they're, they're ecstatic about the transaction. But uh, just, you know, how the communication has been with some of the guys on the team so far. It's been awesome. Um, you know, as soon as I found out I was getting traded, I got a call from probably five guys on the team. I think I got a call from Brody, Robbie Hillier, Rosie, and then obviously Maddie and Jamie too. So, and that was all within half an hour. So, um, and yeah, I mean, I played a lot of lacrosse for Maddie and I played a lot of lacrosse with Rosie and a couple of the Orangeville guys. So, um, you know, I know that we practice during the week and it's the same night that I used to travel down to Orangeville and practice. So, I feel like I'm kind of going back to where it all started, which is a, a great feeling. And, um, you know, that day I was already added to the Toronto Rock Teams group chat. So it's so it's been <laughs> super a good, official. So, it's, so that means that I'm in. So it's good. Yeah. And, um, and we've had some good conversations on there. So it's yeah, they've been super um, accepting and um, excited to get the season started. And uh, as well, you, you know, touch base about your summer summer season here in Peterborough. You got Brock and Turner there with you as well. I'm sure uh, you know you see them all summer. They must have been excited too. But just wanted to touch on uh, you know you're up three nothing game four tonight. On what kind of the expectations are tonight with how it, things kind of fell fell apart last year, I guess you could say for for Peterborough there and how you don't want to you know give Six Nations a, a sniff to really climb back into this thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember last year we went down and I think we lost nine one or something and came out flat and thought we had it in the bag and that came back to bite us. So um, you know our focus this year has just been to kind of focus on the first five minutes and not think past it and um, I think or at least I'm hoping we learned our lesson from last year and you know I think we're going to come out harder tonight than we have the first three games so uh, should be one heck of a game tonight. I want to talk a little bit more just about uh, you know situations in the National Lacrosse League and sometimes you're surrounded by different players sometimes you have success chemistry and whatnot in Colorado uh, you had a lot of success you also had a, another fairly prominent lefty uh, playing alongside you with John Grant Jr. And then, you know, you moved to Saskatchewan and you had another fairly prominent lefty in Mark Matthews, who was the kind of established guy there already. Um, you know, with some opportunity, we'll say here in Toronto, is that something that kind of excites you? Because, I mean, I, I look back at it a little bit and I've said this kind of, uh, you know, on this podcast already today too, but just that, you know, maybe we've still, maybe there is still another level to your game with a little bit more opportunity and not having a Mark Matthews or a John Grant playing ahead of you on the left side. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I always learned a lot from from John Grant when I was playing in, in Colorado and 
um, you know, I learned stuff from Mark too. So I'm just hoping that when I come in that, uh, you know, that I kind of fit right into what, you know, they had last year and, um, you know, and, and I'm sure I'll have some conversations with Matt on what the expectations are and what he wants me to do. And then again, you know, it's all about winning for me. So, you know, if, uh, if he wants, you know, if the, if the team's going to be more successful, me doing more things than less of others or vice versa or whatever, um, I'm really just looking forward to having that conversation and figuring out what, what it is that, um, that Maddie wants me to do out there and, and hopefully whatever that is um, will help us be successful. Now your time in in Saskatchewan with the Rush, uh, obviously a a very good run this past season and, and getting to the championship. And it, it seemed as though you were able to find another gear in the playoffs, led the team in goal scoring in the playoffs, and and seemed to turn your game up a little bit in the postseason. Maybe talk a little bit about that and and just even your year in Saskatchewan and and how you felt you fit in and how things progress through the year in a, in a new situation, something you're going to be doing again this year coming into a new situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, there's that always that adjustment period when you first go to a new team and kind of figuring out the chemistry and what the expectations are and trying to live up to that role that they want you to play. And, you know, Saskatchewan's a very unselfish offensive team, so I knew that the expectation of me going in was maybe not to score three or four goals a game, but to set good picks and, and play within the system and, I think I did that pretty well, and then when the playoffs come, it's it's hard not to ramp up your game and, and play well. And um, you know, anytime you get a chance to win any championship, you always seem to play a little bit better. So, um, and again, I think last year in Saskatchewan made me a better player, more diverse, able to do a couple more things that maybe I wasn't so great at in Denver. So I'm hoping um, that those skills that I've learned over the last six years playing, I can bring to Toronto and, and hopefully help win a championship. When you talk about Toronto and, and some of the familiarity that you're going to be surrounded with in terms of your teammates, guys you played junior with and and have probably played in other spots with as well along the way, um, is there anything like you know that you're particularly excited about? Like, Are you, are you sitting there going, man, I, I can't wait to get back to this because, you know, Rosie and I, you know, what we did in junior and, and all those kind of things. Like, Do those memories start coming back already of like, you know, we won together? Right, we've had success together. Is that something that you're already thinking? You know, we can do this again here in Toronto. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, there's a little buzz in my mind knowing what we've been able to do in the past, and hopefully, be able to repeat that at a higher level would be, you know, awesome. That's yeah. the ultimate goal, right? And um, you know, I'm looking forward to playing with Robbie Hillier as well. Um, you know, we both grew up in Owen Sound, but really haven't had a lot of opportunity to play with each other on the same team. So. Um, you know that little Owen Sound bond will be exciting to, to and um, you know, and he's become one of the best players in the league. So, um, and again, you know, being able to play with the Blanc and and the lefties, and I guess I'm just excited to have an opportunity with the new crew to be able to grow and and um, and again, I'm just looking to fit in and, and find a role and um, really want to win. Just uh, one one quick one going back to your time in Saskatchewan. There, uh, what was it? What was it like in front of that crowd? Because from being in the East here, it looked like basically anything anything goes in, <laughs> in that stadium there, and they're, and they're pretty wild and passionate about the team. Uh, what was it like, you know, running through that tunnel or scoring a goal in that building and having that uh, that crowd behind you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's probably been, you know, and I, you know, I played in Denver too, and both places have a lot of fans, and um, you know, I remember the playoff game, game two in Saskatchewan. It was mayhem. Um, you know, their fans were super loud and supportive, and um, 
I'm pretty sure they open up the beer gardens <laughs> about two hours before the game. So, um, yeah, it's pretty rowdy, and um, you know, it's an exciting place uh, to play. It's a small community, and um, you know, and the Rough Riders are over in Regina, so they're a couple hours away. So, really, there's only a couple sports teams there for them to cheer for. So, it's uh, I think it gives the people in Saskatoon a good place to to go on a Saturday night to watch them lacrosse. So, yeah, and it was fun. All right, Adam. Well, thanks a lot for taking some time to join us. Uh, I know we're just uh, scratching the surface with things here with you this year, and uh, we'll have you back uh, throughout the season and whatnot leading up to things in training camp. But uh, welcome to the Toronto Rock, officially here on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to chatting again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. That was the newest member of the Toronto Rock, Adam Jones. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we will be back with Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dalek, in a moment. Total Access. Jumping in the studio with us now is the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, welcome back to the studio here. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Doing well. Um, what do we want to talk about right off the top? How about the Rock Elite League and uh, Junior NLL and all that kind of stuff? Let's touch on that right off the top as that uh, just wrapped up this past weekend. Uh, another Great showing by the the Junior Rock teams, uh, another couple of championships. Uh, just your thoughts on uh, the weekend and really just how this tournament has grown to, uh, truthfully, the biggest and best event that we've ever had here as the fifth annual just wrapped up. Yeah, it was, uh, it was another great weekend, and, and it is a great weekend, and we look forward to it uh, every year and hosting the event, and it, it was bigger. And, we had Calgary here, which brought every team from the NLL represented. So that was uh, that was awesome, and and it's a real good opportunity. Um, you know, a real proud moment for me too. Um, you know, because all the kids that do represent the Toronto Rock, t- you know, are part of the Rock Elite League or the Rock Development League at the younger age group, and and that's where we pick our kids from. So. You know, it's it's one of those for me. It's kind of one of those things to give back to the kids who support our programs and give them an opportunity to you know represent the team, which I think is pretty cool. And and they uh, they really enjoy the weekend. So it's a lot of a, a real good weekend, top to bottom. And I can't wait. I think it's going to be really cool. And I guess probably what maybe four years or so when we actually start to see some kids who have played in this tournament playing the National Lacrosse League. You know, I think we're probably maybe four or five years away from that. I think right now with some of the guys uh, at the older age would have been, well, the same age as your son, Josh, right? Well, even older, yeah. There'd be some kids that have, you know, played in the first few years, maybe in midget that, you know, might be a year or two away. Um, Yeah. If you look back on it that way, yeah, you'll see some kids. It will be be neat. Yeah. you know, to dig up those pictures of them back in their jersey and, yeah. and then the where are they now type yeah. deal. So, yeah, no, it is pretty cool. Uh, great event. I think everyone had a, had a you know, a good time, fun time, good games. You know, just awesome event. Now, the big topic of this podcast here today, obviously, is uh, we're, we're diving a little bit deeper into the Adam Jones trade and uh, having Adam in studio with us to chat about things and, and just uh, dig deeper into what this means for the Toronto Rock as a whole. Um, why don't you just start off by filling everybody in kind of how that trade happened and what goes in to putting something like that together? 
Well, it's a process, that's for sure. And, um, you know, listen, I, I obviously made it clear I wanted to um, address, address my left side and try and add a, you know, a, a top-level player on that side, which, which I think I've done. Um, you know, I've always told you that I'm willing to move picks if, you know, I'd like to keep them because they are important. But, you know, you got to give give something to get something. And, and the opportunity to get a player like Adam, you know, I felt like that that, that was worth the gamble for sure on, on the pick side of it. And, um, you know, I, I knew Adam's situation and with his job and, and he, he missed a game here or there when he was in Friday nights in, in Saskatoon or even in Denver. So, uh, you know, I've kind of known this has been an issue for a few years and, um, you know, kind of maybe play on that a little bit to try and to try and help me out. But, um, you know, I think this is a great move for Adam. I, I think, you know, I know Derek, you know, had a lot of respect for Adam as a, both on and off the floor and, and would have loved to have kept him. Um, you know, but considering his situation and, and all that, I think, you know, they did hit him a real solid by moving him to Toronto, and I'm happy they did. And, and uh, you know, I'm excited for what the future holds. And I, I know Adam's track record uh, speaks for itself, a very decorated individual in the game of lacrosse, but how much did you go to, you know, like Coach Maddie or, or Nick Rose or Damon Edwards, guys who have been around him in junior and, and really know him, played with him, coached him, uh, to get their opinion on this? Or was it, is it, you know, his actions speak for itself, obviously, and what he does on the floor is enough for you to see? Yeah, I think I think his actions speak for, for themselves. I mean, um you know, Adam was a 50-goal scorer in the NLL a couple of years ago, and in the last couple of years he's had to deal with this job issue and missing some games and things like this. So, you know, um, he, he, he's a proven talent in this league and, and every league he's ever played in. Um, you know, obviously his relationship with, you know, Maddie um, from coaching him in junior, and, and they do have a relationship. So, you know, Maddie and I talked obviously a little bit, but – um, I don't think there's any teams in this league that wouldn't jump on the opportunity. You know, if they could add an Adam Jones, they'd add him in a New York minute, you know, cost what you pay for. You know, those things are all different factors for different teams. But, um, you know, I, I think Adam Jones is in the conversation of top lefties in, in this league, and and that's my belief, and, and that's our organization's belief, and, and that's why we, you know, pay pay a steep price um, to get him here. And uh, you bring a guy in now, another body in camp uh, with the left side still returning, and you know, Turner, Steph, uh, sorry, drawing blanks here, um, Reed, and uh, whatnot. So I guess what you're trying to do here is, you know, competition at camp is a big thing, especially obviously Adam's going to be slotted in, but for those depth players, you know, that's one, one more spot taken, and they're going to have to battle that much harder to, to keep their spot. Yeah, and Kieran too. Uh, you know, I'm expecting Kieran to be back as well. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, um, you know, Adam's obviously going to be involved there, and and um, you know, but nothing else. You know, and, and and you would see you would see Steph sliding into a role there. Uh, you know, all as we stand here today. So, um, you know, whether we play with three lefts or four lefts, that you know will change and vary during the season. 
you need depth you need competition those guys are all coming in and competing for those jobs and nothing's set in stone so um you know good healthy competition need some depth uh for sure like i said some nights you'll go with three left some nights you'll go with four um you know you might need another guy after that too so and you know kyle mentioned a little bit about the familiarity with a guy like matt sawyer who's coached uh adam when maybe we may have seen him at his best i still think a junior and when you look at who he's had to play in, in some cases behind with John Grant Jr. and then with Mark Matthews in his two pro situations here, I really feel that there is a possibility that we may not have even seen close to the best of Adam Jones at the NLL level. You know, is that something that you could see that, you know, even though, you know, he's 28 years old now and he has been in this league for a long time, he's had some success, but I still think there's a chance, you know, he hasn't really been the guy anywhere yet. Well, Whereas, and he, yeah, you know, I think he's still got that. I think there's still an even higher ceiling out there potentially than what we've seen already from him. Well, he's going to get that opportunity, that's for sure. And and um, you know, absolutely. I mean, make no, you know, he'll he'll be the one one two kind of threat option there on the left side with Steph, and and uh, you know, with that, he'll get his shots and his touches, and I think. You know, with our right side, he, he's got some history with Robbie. You know, maybe only a year or two there at the end of, of uh, junior, uh, Adam's uh, junior career. But, um, you know, yeah, it's a great opportunity for him, you know, to kind of be the man there, so to speak, and, um, you know, lead the team on that side along with Steph there. And, and you know, I'm excited for that. A few other things we want to jump into while we've got you. Uh, there's lots of stuff coming up on the NLL calendar as things start to accelerate here. Um, Board of Governors meetings just uh, went down, obviously, here around the Junior NLL tournament. Uh, is there anything that you can share with the fans that uh, is anything that uh, they should have on their radars as a result of anything to come out of those meetings? No, nothing too major. I mean, we are uh, we haven't seen the NLL schedule yet, but it does look like there will be um, some games starting uh, mid December ish. Um, not a ton of games before the new year, but um, you know, I think speaking from a Toronto standpoint and available dates, you know, really what that's going to be allow us to do at least this year. It's maybe spread our schedule out a little bit more so um you know that's kind of exciting news from a fan standpoint you know where, where in past years we've kind of run into sometimes having five home games in a row just because that's what's available at the building so um you know i i think that that would be kind of the biggest thing but you know not a huge thing it probably means one home game for every team kind of before everyone's been used to in the past i can't imagine any team's going to get you know maybe one i i I don't know how the schedule works so we haven't seen that yet but that's kind of one of the bigger things um you know stay tuned lots of exciting news i think uh on the horizon now we're in the midst of free agency here we're coming up to the draft uh most of the guys from last season have been locked up um there's only a few guys that still remain unsigned. Obviously, the guy at the top of that list, Tom Schreiber. Uh, oh, he's not signed yet? <laughs> he would be, yeah. Here's a little news flash for you. But uh, is there any 
update on that as far as any kind of a timeline that you can provide uh, as to when fans may uh, hear that he has been locked up for this season? Yeah, well, Tom, Tom and I have been speaking, and um, you know, he's he he's been a busy guy, um, winning MVP in the uh, MLL Field League, and then going on and and you know helping lead his team to a championship. So he he's been a busy guy. We kind of let that all play out before we, you know, really got to talking. And and there's no issues here, Tommy. Uh, you know the plan is Tommy's coming back, and we're real excited about it, and and we'll get a contract done. Hopefully, you know uh, there, there's going to be no issues there, and you know you might even see that trickle in before the end of the week. So, um, you know, uh, Kieran as well. You know, I got to get Kieran done as well right now. That's the other. You know, those two are. He's kind of in the same boat. Obviously, as Tommy, he was busy with the MLL, so kind of. Let us, you know, kept my distance from these guys while they're doing that. You know, we do have their rights, and and from that standpoint, there's there's not that urgency. But um, you know, you'll probably see something uh, come along there uh, in the next little while as well. I would expect, and then you know, any other unsigned, you know, Toronto Rock players that were with us last year are you know um, undecided on their future. Um, and just you know taking some time to decide what they're going to do and see what our situation is and and uh and they'll make a decision later as to you know whether they're going to continue to play or not i don't think it's a matter of you know running around looking for other opportunities it's more just a matter of evaluating where they are and whether you know it's time or not so there's that um and that's really kind of on, on the uh the free up free agent update and, and unsigned current guys right now. And Kyle mentioned competition in camp, and I think a lot of people could probably start to do some math here and realize that uh, there are a lot of tremendous assets that have been compiled here in the last you know twelve months. Really, um, you now added Adam Jones in without giving up a roster player. You've got Rob Hellier coming back in who didn't play last year. Um, you do have Casey Beerens exiting via retirement, but for the most part, you've got everybody back that was here last year minus one and you've added in two new pieces that uh you know are new we'll put in air quotes with rob hellier but back into the lineup how do you see you know are there enough chairs in this game of musical chairs here available um as we go into training camp well, I'd like, to, I mean, the honest answer to that is probably no. Um, you know, I'd like there to be a, you know, obviously everyone that was here last year, you build up a, some history and rapport with, and then, you know, some new guys coming in. And yeah, Robbie wasn't factored in last year, even though he was such a, you know, who he is who he is with our team, but he wasn't accounted for last year on the roster. So you've got that. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good problem to have, but, um, you know, it is a number of things. So, uh, you know, we'll wait and see how it plays out. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen along the way. I mean, you have to be uh, – we're not – I don't believe we're going to have a huge camp this year, not as big as last year for sure. Not as many roster spots available on our team this year. But there are roster spots available – um, you know, at basically, you know, there's not one position on our on our team that's you know set in stone. Whether it's lefties, righties, defense, or goalie, 
you know, like every everything's a battle, and and everyone has an opportunity. So time will tell, and and it'll it'll work itself out, and and um, you know, we'll see what happens. One last one for me here. Hammer mentioned uh, Casey Beard's retiring. I know there was some some quotes and some some audio when that announcement came out. But if you could just you know touch on what he meant to to the rock on and off the floor and the kind of person he was from from what you saw and what you knew of him all right well so you asked me a good question about casey i'm gonna even give you a little bit more here listen first off casey was awesome i mean casey's been with me since day one here um someone i consider a good good friend uh you know just the ultimate pro great teammate um you know one of everyone says maybe one of the best off ball players ever he might be the best off-ball player ever. Yeah, he was fortunate to play with Doily for a few years and, and this and that, but Casey did his thing, you know, without him as well. And he was just a pleasure to have around and a real pro's pro. And and that ball, you know, he's, you're always looking for guys like Casey Beerns, you know, that guy that can, they say, play without the ball. But when he would get it, he'd get it in and out of his stick and generally uh hit the back of the net so um you know Casey you know back to what I said at the beginning there you know and uh I I haven't talked to Casey yet so this might be breaking the news a bit but you know don't be surprised to see that name going up on uh the Toronto Rock Hall of Fame in the very near future uh 10 years with this franchise um, a championship, a lot of points, a lot of character, a lot of what we're all about. So uh, I don't know if I'll get him on the phone before he hears this podcast <laughs> or not. So if he does happen to hear it, congrats, Case. But yeah, no, that that's uh, you know we're 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 coming. You know, and this might lead to a question here because I, I kind of throw this one at you. But we're coming to the next uh, the next group of guys to go in there and. and um, you know, you it'd be a good good bet to that you'll see number thirty three up on uh, there. That'd be a good bet. So, love case. We're gonna miss him. Now, as we uh, just the last thing we want to touch on here uh, before um, you know this will probably be our our final podcast of the summer. Obviously, uh, before we do something probably around the draft. So that is really the next thing up on the the calendar the combine weekend uh the 16th and 17th of september and then the draft taking place september 18th here at uh, the track uh the rock without a first round pick uh, obviously you prepare probably a little bit differently for a draft uh, but still a lot of preparation has to go in maybe even more in, in this case when uh, you're not drafting early and you don't have that easy one to knock off the table in some cases but um you know what if any are there uh, I guess key areas that you want to address here at the draft coming up. Nothing different than the the plan doesn't change. Um, you know, as far as where we're looking to uh, help our team, we'll be looking at best available player. Um, you know, we, we we do a draft board number one through uh, you know whatever. Um, yeah, maybe we don't pay as much attention to the top few guys because. Of, you know, we know barring some big trade that those guys aren't going to fall to us. And and so we focus a little further down the list as to who might be available when we're currently picking. But you never know what happens, and you might acquire a pick, and, and you never know where that's going to be. So you got to be ready and, and 
you know, we'll, we have some meetings over the next couple of weeks leading up to the draft and getting ready, and uh, we'll we'll be prepared. You know, currently don't pick till 17, but, uh, you know, you never know what happens there. All right. Sounds good, Jamie. Uh, obviously, we'll chat more uh, in the next podcast closer to the draft, and uh, thanks a lot for stopping by here and uh, taking some time to chat. All right, boys. Take care. See you soon. All right, that was the Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick, joining us here on Toronto Rock Total Access. We'll take a short break, and then we'll be back to wrap this up in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to wrap up the podcast and wrap up the summer, folks. That's what we're here to do. We're also here to wrap up the summer. Uh, Junior NLL, we didn't uh, actually chat too much about that off the top, I don't believe. Uh, We did talk about it briefly with uh, Jamie Dowick. Fantastic weekend. Great job uh, by the Toronto Rock staff and and the support from the National Lacrosse League and definitely from all the teams. And like Jamie mentioned, for the first time this year, representation from all nine active NLL teams and also from two inactive NLL centers in Philadelphia and Edmonton, both having representation here. And we saw the Calgary Roughnecks just walk right in here into their first tournament and win the Midget Championship. Uh, I, that's, you know, kind of, I penciled in three Toronto Rock uh, victories at the Pee Wee yep. Bantam and Midget going into this, I, I must say. And I was stunned when, it, when I saw... You know, it happened elsewise or differently in the, in the midgets. But I think overall for the game of lacrosse, that's that's not a bad thing necessarily. I know here in Toronto, like within this boardroom, we want you know we're rooting <laughs> for the Rock and and whatnot. Yep. But you see what you know Team Alberta did at the the midget level in the Ontario versus Ontario there in the finals, and uh, you see what Calgary did here today. And obviously they're you know growing Edmonton or Edmonton or Okotoks, sorry. Uh, performance at the Minto obviously they're they're coming along over there and I think that's great for overall growth of lacrosse and just the game in general there's a lot of stuff we can talk about here that uh, we've been talking about on a day-to-day basis in the office here um, you know Minto Cup if we want to quickly touch on that too obviously the uh, the tournament that a lot of people look at as kind of the uh, the breeding ground or the coming out uh, for a lot of guys who are about to either be drafted into the National Lacrosse League or our guys that uh, we're keeping our eyes on because in two years when they're done school and are eligible for the NLL draft, these guys are going to be uh, top picks. So, um, you know, Austin Stutz, business as usual, another championship for him. Uh, he's got a Man Cup, Minto Cup. He's got all kinds of rings. Uh, he's still got a couple of years of junior left to uh to possibly add some more uh, hardware to his collection. And from all accounts, though, he is going back to uh, Onondaga Community College to go in and play out uh, his second year there of JUCO and then would have the opportunity to possibly transfer to a Division One school. Usually it seems like the route is that uh, a lot of guys end up going to Syracuse after that. So um, mental cup first, I guess. Any thoughts on what we saw there with, uh, besides, you know, Okotoks real competitive, Mimico, I think lots of discussion about how they handled the Ontario final and then the Minto Cup final and going back and forth between goaltenders, Coquitlam, Christian Del Bianco showed everybody that I think he's the real deal still. Um, and then you've got the champs, Six Nations. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I think I mean you summed it up pretty quickly there, and I think you know we kind of talked about it that good scheduling in terms of foreseeing kind of how the tournament was going to play out. Uh, you know, you had the Coquitlam Six Nations on the Saturday night berth to go to the finals. Okotoks Mimico berth to get into that play-in game. We kind of figured, you know, the Coquitlam or Nation would would obviously be in the play-in game already, depending how that played out. And then, you know, Alberta like I mentioned, showed well. We're, we're in the games. It just seemed like they just didn't, you know, didn't, they hadn't been in that situation before in a way, and they just didn't have that little extra. They were leading in games, and come the third period, it seems like they uh, they fell apart a bit. But, you know, exciting tournament. Like you said, nations just keep on kind of doing what they're doing, led by, uh, you know, Austin Stats and, and Jameson in net there. Um, always an entertaining tournament. What a, yeah, I agree with, I'm not exactly sure about the Mimico, the, you know, the resting the players. And, you know, you take take that Ontario Finals off, there's a week a week and a half before the, the Minto starts. You're looking at two to three weeks of no no serious lacrosse coming off the, the level they were playing at versus Brampton, which is interesting, but uh, always a fun tournament. And, you know, congrats to the nations. It's a weird thing with Mimico because I don't know, honestly, if either approach would have led them to success. Just where they are. Their run, I think, could be coming this year. They do lose a couple of uh, big shooters, obviously, in Tanner Thompson and Andrew Q, who was acquired. But, um, you know, as far as that, uh, other than that, sorry, other than Adrian Torek Orban, who kind of was a, a depth guy in and out of the lineup, they don't really lose very much. You know, the core is there, and you're always going to be picking up, you know, in junior lacrosse. So, there is an opportunity where next year, you know, Mimico could be the team to beat. Um, so that's why I think, you know, had maybe you or I, or I don't want to speak for you necessarily, but myself, I probably would have done things a bit differently. You know, running a team, I, I think, you know, you, you would have tried to go in, plan your best all the time, give your guys this experience. You know, let's let's lay it all on the line here. But like I said, you know, Mimico chose a different road. Had it all worked out, they'd be looking like geniuses right now. So, I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, in, in sports, professional, junior, otherwise, it's always kind of like, you know, you got to make a decision. You have to have some kind of strategy. And sometimes sometimes it's going to work out for you, sometimes it's not. But, you know, and you got to pick one way or the other, you know, and, and it's not always going to work out. So, I mean, uh, this Mimico program has, you know, literally kind of come out of nowhere, really. I mean, uh, a team that was in Mississauga, as the Junior A Tomahawks just a few years ago and, and pretty well anchored in last place in the Junior A standings for quite some time. They move a few minutes uh, east, I guess, uh, on the QEW to Etobicoke, and, and suddenly now they are uh, uh, could be coming a perennial powerhouse at the Junior A level. Yeah, no, for sure. There was... Uh... You know, and just tracking that that Brampton series, they had, that Brampton Mimico series. It looked that was unbelievable, right? Like there was fights every game. There was lead changes, goalies coming in, goalies coming out. It was just some great lacrosse, and that's why for for me, obviously, no ties to to either teams involved in in the Minto or anything. It was just kind of disappointing to see them, you know, take that foot off the gas. I guess when they were seemed to be rolling so well, and you know, playing such an entertaining style and brand of lacrosse that just all of a sudden, you know take that those guys out was kind of just I mean their decision I guess right it, it was a story though that was developing when you think about like what could it have gotten to right you yeah. know down 2-1 in the series like you say against Brampton coming back to win that series 
winning in Brampton in Game 5 against a team that, you know, boasts three of the top maybe four offensive players, you know, with Teat, Gibson, and Peterson. You know, unbelievable, really, story that they come and knock them off. And even so many of those Mimico players that beat Brampton, you know, were at one time teammates of Clark Peterson who grew up playing in Mimico and then ended up with Brampton Junior A because... You know, I mean, that's a long story there, but he ended up there when Mimico didn't have a junior A team and ended up staying in Brampton. So lots of great storylines there. And then it kind of got to the, the Ontario final, and it was like almost the wind got taken out of the sails of what could have been a, a pretty neat story, I think, had um, that really become a series, you know, which it, it never really did. And then, you know, it just kind of felt a little bit like it was, you know, the wind was out of the sails once we got to the Minto Cup. But... I would say uh, Mimico definitely looks like, you know, an odds-on, you know, top two favorite probably uh, for next season, and we could be talking about them uh, going out west for the Minto Cup next year. Yeah, for sure. You you know, like you said, you're losing two guys, and you bring back that core after the taste they got this year. I'm sure they'll be hungry and you know ready to get back at it again. Um, major series, whatnot, uh, we were treated to some great lacrosse here. A seven-game series with the Oakville Rock uh, featuring many of the uh, players and staff of the Toronto Rock playing uh, in the summer uh, in the major series lacrosse loop and stretching the Six Nations Chiefs to seven games, a series that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people who watched most of the games, uh, I'm personally of the opinion that, that series still very much could have gone either way. Obviously, a seven-game series, pretty easy to, to say that, but I think there was an opportunity that Oakville could have wrapped that series up maybe in six games and not even have been talking about a seventh. But, um, again, strides, steps forward for an Oakville Rock franchise that also really is very young with uh, you know its first season back in 2013, when you were a member of that inaugural team back in 2013. Um Good signs, I think, overall for the long-term possible health growth of the Oakville Rock, but also the competitiveness in the other series in Brooklyn, Peterborough, um, that maybe the playing field is leveling a little bit. For sure. I, I totally agree. This was uh, this was a, a treat to follow, that's for sure. And I think it was easy going into to the playoffs looking at the standings and, you know, you know they did that playoff reworked who was playing who kind of thing yep. in within that league there and I think just the consensus was in general across world was you know nations in four or five and Peterborough in four and five and it, it was good to see Brooklyn and Oakville respectively put together the series they had and and show you know when when the rosters are showing up this league is tight and there is a lot of good skill within within the major major series circuit here and uh kudos to Oakville like I, I agree with you 100 percent they that series could have went either way. They were, they were leading. Uh, you know, in in game seven there as well. There was just a, a quick five seven minute spurt. It seemed like Nations kind of just vamped it up, whether that be experience whatnot, and kind of ended the series. Unfortunately for the Rock, but uh, I think great great lessons learned or can be learned from from something like that. And I look forward to obviously the Toronto Rock season. Don't want to get in my get ahead of anything here, but uh, you know the Oakville Rock should be in a. Excited about getting back out there next summer and no reason why they can't make uh, make a push with Nations or Peterborough. Now to shift gears back to the National Lacrosse League, the offseason trades. We've talked uh, you know, a bit, obviously, about the Adam Jones deal, but um, the other, I guess, big trades, the Bold trade and uh, also the Banesh trade, um, 
thoughts on on either of those and what kind of uh, stands out about either of them? Yeah, the, start with the uh, the bold trade as you mentioned. It, for initial thought was was wow. Uh, you know, Bold's been kind of Keenan's guy there in Saskatchewan, winning a couple titles for him, and uh, I didn't really see that foresee that one coming at all. And but we've discussed this kind of off off air. Um, Keenan is is a bold general manager, and he does what he feels is right. And you can't really argue, you know, his decision making uh, as he has that team in a good spot draft wise for the future and and the now with the with the couple championships. And you know they're in the finals this year, and I fully expect them to have another solid year this year. The Benesh trade again, you know, just stunned just to see when big when big names move. It's a, it always stuns you a little bit, um, but you know he's a big point guy for them and. Buffalo in general has kind of surprised me this offseason with kind of what's gone on there with, uh, you know, Banesh out. You see, you know, David Brock sign in New England. You know, Billy D uh, goes to the social media networks and, and says he's not returning. Just some, some core guys that when you think of Buffalo, those are the guys you think of not returning this year. I'll be curious to see, you know, how they replenish those. Because you still got to find warm NLL bodies and uh, kind of what the makeup of that team looks like going into this season it'll be interesting for for me at least personally yeah I mean uh, I, I still think there are more winds of change to blow through the NLL I think uh, coming into the draft I still think there are going to be some I think we're still going to see some significant names uh, you know change addresses here as we as we move towards the towards the NLL draft there's always a little bit more activity there's seems like there's always one or two fairly big moves either on draft day or even sometimes on the floor uh, with significant picks moving and whatnot. And uh, I, I'm pretty excited to see how it's going to play out. Actually, I wanted to mention one thing about Ryan Banesh. Actually, there was a pretty funny uh, moment on Friday night at the skills competition. Uh, he actually ended up stepping in to participate for Colorado uh, in one of the skills with the junior NLL players. As soon as uh, Scott Fox, who was emceeing the uh, proceedings, introduced Ryan Banesh stepping in. Benny was met with a absolute chorus of boos from the from the Buffalo Bandits junior NLL wow. players. It was actually it was pretty funny to watch, and you know I think all obviously uh, you know good natured ribbing and whatnot. But uh, you know you you start to talk about um, you know how you were saying that some of these names that have left Buffalo already here in the off season are guys that you really think are kind of core guys, and like when you think of the Bandits, you think of those guys and. You know, I think that's, you know, immediately, obviously, there was a real connection over the last few years with Banesh and the Buffalo fans and the kids, you know. I mean, he was out there in the community quite a bit in Bandit Land, and he was a big part of things. And, you know, when he scored a goal and they started playing Benny and the Jets and the whole, you know, the whole arena's into it, there was there was a real connection there. So, like you say, it it's going to be interesting to see how they replace what has left. And not only just on the floor but even just to the fan base you know Callum Crawford he has always been looked at I think a little bit as well as a, a pretty interesting personality off the floor he had done some uh, you know interesting stuff on social and whatnot when he was with the swarm and um, continued his work with the mammoth and and now in Buffalo interest to see how that all plays out but then when you go on the floor side of it you just got rid of your number one lefty and brought in a righty to go into a situation where you've got Dane Smith, who's your number one righty. How's that all going to play out? A big, big load just went onto the shoulders of Pat Saunders. 
and how he's going to be able to carry the load of being the number one guy there now on the left side for them. So, I don't know. I, I That's why I still think there's still going to be some pieces to fall here. There's got to still be a few other things that are going to play out here before uh, before all is said and done. Something else that uh, Jamie Dowick teased a little bit here was the um, – possible addition here the Toronto Rock Player Hall of Fame he did mention that Casey Behrens would uh, essentially be a part of that next class of the Toronto Rock Player Hall of Fame Josh Sanderson Colin Doyle would I think obviously be two more guys that you would think would fall into that same class as uh, there has only been one class of the Toronto Rock Player Hall of Fame players inducted at that time were Bob Watson Jim Veltman, Dan Lanasur, Dan Stroop, Pat Coyle. So there was five guys that went in originally. Now we're talking about another three, and then, you know, maybe maybe there won't be five necessarily going in, but I'm sure that there is uh, a possibility that perhaps a fourth would go in, um, in addition to those three that we've already mentioned. Is there anybody that uh, pops into your head as a possible candidate to be elected, voted, inducted, however you want to say it, into the uh, Toronto Rock Player Hall of Fame. Well, hmm, tough. well, there's been obviously a lot of great players. I mean, off the top of my head here, I don't know, Coach Blaine Manning would come to mind as being one. Sorry, Blaine Manning was already inducted. That's, oh, that's one. I sorry. So there were six. Yes. Okay, so he was in there. Yes. Um, then, you know, you go past that, you look at some of those earlier years when they were winning titles left right and center it seemed you got i think we mentioned like glenn clark stevie toll i mean for me as a kid uh, you'd have to look back at, at numbers and whatnot and some other stuff that go into it but uh kimbo Sw- squire always stuck out uh, on the left side uh, as an offensive guy uh, just spitballing some names off the top of my head here but uh i mean probably forgetting about a lot of other great players as well that are just as uh, just as worthy as going in yeah, the other name that I think often gets uh, gets left out is Aaron Wilson. Um, and it's almost like Aaron Wilson was Casey Behrens, you know what I mean, or and vice versa, so to speak, that, uh, you know, Casey Behrens came in kind of after Aaron Wilson and kind of filled a very similar role, had great chemistry with Colin Doyle, all those kinds of things. Uh, so it, it, it'll be uh, interesting. I'm sure there'll be lots of debate amongst the fan base um, as to when this, uh, when this does go down again. Um, last time around, we did it here at the track uh, leading up to, uh, I think it was during training camp that we did it uh, a few years ago, I guess three or four years ago when we did the, when we did the first group that went in. So something to keep your eye out and uh, throw us some suggestions. Throw us some suggestions on Facebook, Twitter, whatnot, who you think might be a good candidate and uh, tell us why. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, from the fan base as to uh, who you think should be a part of the uh, Toronto Rock Player Hall of Fame. So, um, Tons of stuff going on the draft. We will be doing a, we'll be doing some kind of a, a special draft podcast uh, leading up to the September 18th event here at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. Um, probably don't really need to dive too deeply into it right now. It seems like uh, Josh Byrne is going to be the number one overall pick. The Bandits need a lefty, as we have just talked about, and he looks like he'd be the guy to uh, to. To fill that void, there are some <clears throat> really very interesting other names out there. Austin Shanks is one for sure that pops into my head. 
the other one, Zed Williams, I think it's going to be extremely interesting to see where he falls. Um, lots to talk about, though, on the uh, draft side a little bit further down the road. No buying or selling today. We've, we've run through just about everything else. Um, <clears throat> before we go, of course, 20th anniversary season coming up. Commemorative stock deadline coming up October the 2nd. Uh, anything else that uh, season ticket holders or just uh, general ticket purchasers need to know about, Kyle? Yeah, no, for sure. We You mentioned the uh, season ticket holders or people interested. Uh, the commemorative stock deadline is October 2nd. I know, uh, you know, it's just seeing kind of the way they're going to be looking. They're, they're great, so you want to get in before the October 2nd deadline to get make sure you get your, your tickets on the fancier stock. Uh, if you've been following us on our social media, we've been doing the hot seats of the week, pumping out some, some great seats to the general public, uh, handpicked by you know the staff here. And there is an incentive each week as you will get a prize. Uh, you know This week's tickets sold, they've been selling quick. So uh, keep your eye out for those as that promotion, I guess, will continue. Um, still great seats available though and uh, if you have any questions comments just want to talk across or discuss you know the upcoming 2018 season and, and some tickets don't hesitate to, to visit the Toronto Rock website or call us directly at 416-596-3075 and we'll be more than happy to, to help you out with that there you go and the hot seats of the week I can tell you there are some very interesting things coming up as well so um, if maybe the perk hasn't exactly tickled your fancy just yet uh, I'm sure there could be something coming down the pipe here in the next few weeks that uh, would get you excited. Just before we go, one thing I did want to talk about, uh, one last thing with you. You obviously had the chance to play junior lacrosse against Adam Jones. And uh, is there anything in particular that, you know, I know obviously you guys didn't match up too often being both offensive guys. Um, but is there anything that you can take away kind of that you can tell Toronto Rock fans about what to expect from Adam Jones having played against him for sure he was he was a force and Orangeville was always at the the top of the standings and you circled them as the toughest game of the year you know them going into the nations was always tough uh you you'd feel good about your game when you when you're in a tight game with Orangeville uh you know you could look back at that Ontario finals Brampton was up was up three nothing on Orangeville and it for some reason, it always felt Adam Jones was the catalyst in the Northmen finding a way to to will themselves. Like he would just put put that. Obviously, they had some great other players. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to discredit the the group because the you know they the record and what they won speaks for themselves. But it just felt like every time he got the ball on offense, there was a purpose, and he said, "Boys, hop on. I'm gonna we're gonna get this done, and just follow my footsteps here." And you know, you know, game game four, he. He goes out and starts it with game four, and he rides it all the way through, winning the Ontario Finals, into the Minto. And as a player on the opposing team, you just hated seeing him get, you know, in a groove and feeling good about himself because then, you know, pretty much the lights were were out on the other end if he if he was really firing that night. And one thing that stuck out to me was just the battle, the compete level that him and Kyle Rubish had in that Ontario Finals and in that Minto Cup, they, you know, that was the matchup. Uh, Brampton and ourselves were putting out Rubish, obviously one of the top defenders in the game, as against one of the top offensive individuals in the game. And just watching that was was pretty special to watch. Obviously, you know, Adam came out on the right side of things in in the big picture there, but just yeah, the compete level and his uh, you know will to score a goal and, and put the boys on his back and 
get the team to to where the ultimate end goal was. And that's the exact thing I remember watching him as a fan in 2009 specifically. And I know I've I tell the story all the time, but um, just that 2009 Minto Cup game two, the game Orangeville lost in the two out of three series. And, you know, I've talked about that game with Rosie here too. You know, he was the goaltender in that game and there was a lot of other stuff going on in that game too, but, um, or in that series, I guess, but just, I've never seen anything like it. That game too, that Adam Jones played, you talk about trying to put the team on your back and he did that, you know, many times over it seemed like in that game you talk about the battles with you know a Brampton defense that had you know Corbeil, Rubish among others right that was just unbelievable in the matchups there and just what Adam Jones did and and that's why I say you know Toronto Rock fans get excited that this guy's in town because um, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet at the pro level I really don't and I think in some cases I know I've drop this to both Jamie and to Adam in our interviews here today that you know he's always kind of had he's had John Grant Jr. he's had Mark Matthews kind of playing ahead of him and and even when I asked him that question I thought well, I'm not really trying to say you're a you were a secondary guy to them necessarily or that you're a lesser player at all but just in roles in certain roles you end up just kind of taking a back seat sometimes and not being the guy taking that shot or or being the guy that's going to take the team on their back so I think that's exciting because I think he's got that opportunity to do that here and become the guy and and in some ways become one of the faces of this team. So um, it's time to get excited about this guy, Toronto. And, and he's already talking about, you know, people from Owen Sound, like people in his community coming down and watching him. And I think as people get to know him better and appreciate his game, I don't think that's just going to be a story in Owen Sound. I think that's going to expand to lacrosse fans, you know, across the province is that Adam Jones is going to become a reason to come and watch the Toronto Rock play. And I think that's something to get excited about. So um, we'll maybe leave things at that. And uh, just a reminder that, uh, of course, season tickets are on sale right now. As Kyle's mentioned, the NLL schedule, Jamie teased it a little bit. Uh, it will be coming out soon. And he did mention that it looks like we will have a December start to the regular season. So that's something to keep your eye on as well. Uh, so tons of stuff going on. Make sure to uh, check out TorontoRock.com and stay tuned to all our social media channels for all the latest. So in the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it, that's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is in the can. We will chat real soon before the 2017 NLL Draft. Stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock.